0: Hello and welcome to the Headache Doctor podcast. I'm Dr. Taves, joined by Dr. Storzbach, and it's our mission to empower and educate everyone with headaches and migraines to break free from a life of fear and dependence and thrive in everything you do. In today's podcast, we are going to talk about gut health and probiotics, which is sort of a, a, a distance away from the neck and uh, what we do physically here in the clinic as far as treatment. But this is something that uh, is important to understand, and so we want to provide you with this information. Again, it's kind of falling in line with this, this dietary theme that we've been on for a little bit, and it's been fun for Dr. Storzbach and I to see these connections between what we do physically to the body, to the neck, restoring function, mobility to the neck, and see it connect with some of the things that we're looking into. And uh, and so we'll, we'll connect some dots for you guys today. But we're going to talk about our GI system, our gut health, probiotics, and what that has to do with migraines, and uh, maybe what you can do about it, if you should take probiotics, if you should not take probiotics, uh, that type of stuff. So, Without further ado, let's jump into it. Let's stop. Let's start off first with uh, talking about. Uh, we we found a couple articles. We'll go through, but the first article uh, was looking at several different GI disorders and if there was a link between that disorder and migraines. So, what were those disorders? And and let's sort of um, check those off and go through those one by one.
1: Yeah. So some of the categories are um, gastric paresis, which we actually talked about a little bit on our last um, podcast, celiac disease, um, H. pylori, and irritable bowel bowel syndrome. So those are kind of the categories of GI disorders that I think they're trying to link to headaches and migraines. But I think as we saw in um, this article, there's not a super strong link or really link or strong studies that show a direct connection, more of an association. We definitely know there is potentially a higher prevalence of headache with patients that have some GI disorders, but it's just an association. Uh, There's definitely no strong causation here.
0: Yeah. So, a couple highlights from this article. It starts off by saying that recent reports demonstrate an increased frequency of GI disorders in patients with migraine compared with the general population. And then some of those reports that they're referring to. So, for example, with H. pylori, they saw that 45% uh, or I'm sorry, the infection rate of H. pylori was 45% in people with migraines versus 33% in controls. So just a little bit higher percentage uh, in the migraine population Um, irritable bowel syndrome. 6% Six percent to thirty-two percent. So there were different reports they were pulling from uh, migraine type headache in irritable bowel, irritable bowel syndrome patients versus two point two to eighteen percent in controls. So again, I mean, the those are not like extremely different numbers, and the reports they're pulling from are typically like case reports or case controls. That meaning like they're not they're not the most robust studies. And um, and then and they have gastroparesis, which we did talk about. Uh, that sort of slowing of the uh, of our GI system when it, with during digestion, and it does talk about during a migraine attack, gastric emptying delay and impairment of, of drug absorption has been demonstrated. So again, they they hit on that, and that's something that's seen sort of uh, during a migraine attack. And then there's there's conversation of. It, is it, uh, does it happen in between attacks, and, and how does that connect to migraines? Is that something that we should see as more of part of what's causing a migraine, and, and that's that sort of conversation, but nothing substantial there. Um, and celiac disease, uh, Dr. Storzbach, if you want to hit on that uh, a little bit.
1: Yeah. So it, it looks like with celiac disease, like 28% uh, prevalence of migraine in these types of subjects um, compared to a control group of about 21%. Um, and so again, it's not a huge jump. Um, and these studies are not um, super large. And so it's it, there, again, there seems to be some sort of association, but there to me, there's no like strong causation here. Um, that I'm noticing.
0: Yeah. So the, the take home is, again, there are, there are a lot of people that are suffering with headaches and migraines, uh, something like 15% of the population and, uh, heavily sort of biasing females. And so if you are someone that has one of these GI disorders and you have thought like, oh, if I could just figure out this GI issue and that would solve my problem, well, I mean, there there are some small studies that show like, yeah, like solving the, the GI disorder, improving your gut health um, can be beneficial. And we'll look into a little bit of that with the probiotics. Mm-hmm. Uh, but for the most part, um, I would say that there needs to be a lot – lot more robust and better research in this area for us to really say like conclusively that these things are linked and should be treated uh, together. But uh, for now, it's what we want to do is take the approach of understanding the connection the best we can. That's number one. And the number two is understanding how we can appropriately treat it without You know, we we don't want people to rely on medication. So if there's something like a probiotic, which is uh, fairly harmless, you know, very few side effects, Mm -hmm. then then we want to say, hey, we, we recommend this. And then if it works, great. Um, but, uh, we, we want to provide you with solutions. We're very solutions oriented. And so, um, but just understand like if you have trying, if you've been trying to connect your, uh, some GI disorder to your headaches or migraines, um, the research out there is not necessarily going to provide you with clear answers.
1: Yeah. I think a lot of it is just like theory based at this point. And I think we should just kind of like go back to, okay, what is, um, let's just talk about like the gut. You're right and what is that and how does it relate to the rest of our body uh, we should remember the gut has over a thousand different types of bacteria in it and um, this microbiome we call it this like you know full spectrum of this bacteria develops right when you're born and it kind of just depends on what you're exposed to environmentally um, through other humans, through food, all of that. It starts to build over time. And all this bacteria should be housed just inside of our intestines, which is actually separate from the rest of our body. There's this thing called the epithelial layer honestly you can kind of think of it like the skin of the intestines right like our skin you know is this barrier between our internal stuff and the outside world which is very important um, for you know infections not to come in and so our intestines kind of have this lining also or layer that keeps that should be keeping this bacteria housed specifically in this in this spot that is and this bacteria when it's in the right spot is very good for digestion and moving things through and Um, is not, you know, we sometimes hear bacteria and we think like, oh my gosh, it's all bad. But if it's, it actually can have a really good role in the body, the theory that they're thinking is, um, this epithelial layer starts to leak or allow bacteria to come through and go into the bloodstream or other parts of the body and then create inflammation, which could create an environment for a headache or migraine attack to occur. So again, this is all still like theorized and they're trying to kind of put pieces together to see if this is actually... Um, a true causation, again, or I would argue maybe an association that might be developing an environment that makes you more likely to feel headache pain, but it isn't the cause.
0: Right, right. Not the cause, but playing a role. Mm -hmm. And if it's playing a role, we want to know about it and understand it. Yeah. A couple of the symptoms that migraines present with are nausea, vomiting, diarrhea, Mm -hmm. uh, constipation. So, and we see this stuff in the clinic all the time as far as um, people having upset stomach, sort of uh, a shift in their appetite, um, vomiting, yeah, nausea. And we, we've we connected those in previous podcasts, talking about the vagus nerve and things like that. But um, it's really interesting, this, this association between gut health and and our nervous system, Mm -hmm. um, but what, what they've also seen is a relationship between the gut microbiome, the health of the, of our microbiome and different things like, uh, serotonin, um, levels. So for example, there was a, it says here, um, that they, they looked at, uh, so germ-free mice are basically mice where they've, um, they don't have, uh, any microbiome or, or that, uh, bacteria. So they introduced something to see how the body, re- to see how they respond. And this is how they study these things. So, um, they introduced a bacterial strain and what they saw was an improvement in serum serotonin levels and, What's interesting about that is a lot of the medications that are prescribed, like triptans, are uh, agonist for serotonin. So basically, they're increasing serotonin levels or replicating the effect that serotonin has on the body, and we see a positive impact on migraines. And the same, it looks like, can be seen with improving the microbiome in the gut. So we see this connection um, to serotonin levels, which is which is really interesting. Uh, we also see that there is potentially this connection between the microbiome and uh, neurotransmitter levels, and so we there there's possibly this communication between the bacteria in our gut and these neurons, meaning you know our our nervous system, our brain, um, and our, our spinal cord, and things like that, and how and the health of those signals that are being sent through our our central nervous system. Um, so, a couple of really interesting things. But as far as our gut, the it seems like at least what this study was focusing on was uh, probiotic, and you know what 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 we can be proactive about um, to improve our gut health. And what were some sort of highlights from that?
1: So yes, uh, one of the highlights is that there are you know different strains of probiotics, and you know you've probably if you look at the bottle, it'll tell you how many different strains um and what they've shown is uh lactobacilli and Bifido bacteria. It's B-I-F-I-D-O bacteria. If anyone knows how to say that, please let us know, reach out to us because um, I'm not sure if I'm saying that right. But those two types of strains can enhance the integrity of the intestinal epithelial barrier. Again, it's just that lining that we want to make sure is strong and healthy and not letting that bacteria go through. Um, So therefore, you know, again, that theory is these certain strains of probiotics can repair the intestinal permeability or repair it um, and therefore decreasing inflammation in the vascular system, meaning the bloodstream, um, and that could relieve some headache and migraine pain. So this, other, this study, it was technically like a literature review. It's from 2017. It looked at three main studies. One was just of 40 patients who took probiotics, but they also included vitamins, minerals, and herbs for which they didn't specify which ones um, for three months. And they looked at quality of life scores. So the lower the score, the worse quality of life, the higher, the better. They um, started at a mean average of 38. And after these three months of probiotics, they took the scores again and actually increased to 76, um, which is a a good little jump. And then they even reported that about 60% of those patients experienced a near total alleviation of their migraine attacks. Again, this was one small, very small clinical study, um, but something they're looking into. And then the other studies they're looking at. One was only 29 patients and one didn't even say how many patients, which I thought was interesting. Um, But they just, again, showed an association that after about 12 weeks or three months of probiotics, um, there is some changes in the frequency, intensity of headaches and migraines. Um, And so I do think, of course, there is an association here. I just think that it's not the full cause. It's just creating a potential environment for other things to feel more sensitized.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And... If I mean taking a probiotic I, I take one every morning uh, and, I, and I feel like my immune system is improved mm-hmm. from it i I, I feel healthier mm-hmm. and um, yeah and so taking a, a pri probiotic is a relatively simple thing I mean they are not totally inexpensive, but I think there's good value mm-hmm. um, in them and so it's i I like I like this approach because it's uh, it's something that p- people can trial and see where it lands them. Mm-hmm. I mean, if this one study shows that uh, 80% of migraine participants experience almost total relief from migraine attacks. Oh, I, said, uh, I think it was 60. 60? Yeah. <laughs> uh, maybe there's a second one on here. Oh. It says 80%. Uh, 60 oh, yeah. to 80. I mean... <laughs> It's, uh, that's substantial considering that the latest and greatest drugs on the market are these CGRP, um, CGRP drugs that are, I mean, essentially promising half of the people half relief. (laughs) And so, uh, stuff like this is worth trying. If it is really that, that, uh, yeah, that impactful. Then I think we might be out of a job. So if if, yeah. if after this podcast you stop hearing from us, it's because everyone started taking probiotics exactly. and then no one no one has migraines anymore. Yeah, uh, which we would have saved the world. Exactly, um, and that's yep. our
1: goal is to have a migraine free world. That's so if right. That's how we get there. That's how we get. there. And we can
0: always do something else. We'll find the next problem to solve. Uh, c- exactly. Um, the other thing that, uh, like I promised, we're going to connect this to other podcasts that we've done. And specifically this vagus nerve that keeps popping up. Mm -hmm. Uh, let's talk about the connection between, uh, like the vagus nerve. How, how does that come into play here?
1: Yeah. So we definitely have a, a couple good podcasts on that, but, um, the vagus nerve ultimately is truly the highway, the connection between our brain and our gut. So it's the nerve that runs right out of our brainstem through our neck, down neck muscles into our abdomen um and feeds our stomach, our intestines, our esophagus to make sure things keep moving like they should. Um and so to me, I, you know, I love that they're looking at this what they call the gut brain axis and it's bi directional, right? They're trying to figure out is it the brain kinda telling the gut what to do? Is the gut actually feeding back to the brain? I think they're trying to figure that out. And my thought is like well let's just look at the train that's taking the the information both ways and that's the vagus nerve um it's the true connection piece and what i definitely believe in is here um we can help create space for nerves to make them happier and healthier and the vagus nerve is one of them and so i think um if we can do that again we we create this really efficient train system between the head and the gut and that can be really effective
0: yeah. In these articles, they talked about this, this p- pathway or communication between the gut and the brain and then the brain to the gut. So it, it kind of, they, they talk to each other in a sense and they're getting information from each other and they're, um, they're impacted by one another. And one of those connections is this vagus nerve that we keep bringing up. And the reason we keep bringing it up is because it, it does explain a lot because it has a uh, sort of a, a a vast impact, um, on a lot of different things. And the GI system in particular, um, is going to, uh, connect to our brain, um, through this vagus nerve. And so we as physical therapists, yeah, we, we use our manual therapy techniques, hands-on techniques to restore function to the body. And that function allows not just like our joints and muscles and tendons, to be freed up and, and experience less tension and more mobility. Uh, but yeah, it has an impact on nerves. Because um, we know that when nerves are, uh, if they don't have the space, they, um, they will respond um, in a way that, that can have a negative impact outside of just pain. So Mm -hmm. and that's what we see with migraines. That's why they're so confusing, because it's not just it's not just pain. You're not just experiencing pain. The pain is confusing because it's in your head and it's not in your neck. um, And that's what stumps a lot of providers. But all these other symptoms are like, well, how do you explain this? You know, I've had that question so many times from providers on you know social media or just other people trying to to poke holes in my theory. And so this is us saying, hey, here's how we explain it. Mm-hmm. And honestly, you know, truth, the, the truth of this stuff, uh, will stand up to any test. And so we, we're not afraid of all of these questions around headaches and migraines. And honestly, the, the further we go into this stuff, the more we realize like we are truly onto something mm-hmm. like this is something that, um, can help a lot of people uh, as far as what we do in our process and our approach and how we evaluate it. And uh, so, all of these questions that that people bring to us uh, that cause us to say, yeah, what what is the connection there? Why is that happening? It leads us to uh, strengthen and bolster what we're already doing. So, it's kind of fun. And we we truly believe that we have uh, a lot more answers to provide. Um, than the the traditional healthcare model or the system that's set up with, with the primary care neurologist. And so, um, yeah, we, we want stuff like this, even though it's not necessary, this, this this is not part of what we learn in PT school. Yeah. This is like, um, this is different. And so we have to stretch ourselves and and study and learn and understand this. And then we relate that back to our patients and the people we've seen and um, the reason we do this is because we we care and um, we want to be providers that uh, take that that next um, step to uh, provide a better service and, and educate you, uh, the listeners. So as far as this podcast is concerned, if you appreciate this episode and what we're doing and what we're trying to do and where we're going, uh, would you write us a review and make sure that you subscribe so that you get All of the so that you don't miss any of the podcasts. They come out weekly on Monday mornings, and um, we would love for you to tell your friends and family. And then, if you are struggling with headaches and migraines, uh, one, I mean, from today's podcast, you can you can start by thinking about your gut health. Um, you can listen to previous podcasts, but really I want you to reach out to us so that we can help you personally. Any other thoughts here, Dr. Storzbach?
1: No, I'm just excited about, again, every week I feel like we keep, we keep learning more, which is exciting, and I'm just excited to keep giving that to our listeners.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Well, again, this is the Headache Doctor podcast. It's our mission to educate and empower everyone with headaches and migraines to break free from a life of fear, and independence, and thrive in everything you do. Thanks for listening.